Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intentions of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intentions which He purposed in Him with a view to the administration suitable to the, full, the, to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ things in heavens, things on the earth. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory, in Him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of of His inheritance in the saints, 
And what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He put all things in subjection under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. May the Lord add His blessing today to both the reading and the hearing of His Word. Will you pray with me? Fathers, we come before you today. We do give you thanks for the power of your written Word, for it truly is the power unto salvation for those who receive it. We also thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in our salvation in the calling that you have placed on our lives for your glory. We pray today that this sanctuary would be filled with your presence, that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, that I may be hidden behind you, and that those things that you long for your people to hear and understand will be that which is proclaimed this morning in their presence. We give you all the praise and glory and the thanks for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. amen. <coughs> Paul, writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, he's heard about what is going on there, and he longs to encourage them with this word for them. And it's a word that comes down through the centuries to us. One that we too need to hear. That we too need to be encouraged by it. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just think about it, folks. If we are in Christ, we have been blessed with spiritual blessings and sometimes I don't know if we pause to take inventory of that we just get accustomed to it but we have things that those who do not have Christ as their Lord and Savior they don't possess we have spiritual blessings because we have been seated with him we have been granted salvation in Him. We have been given the Holy Spirit to abide inside us, to guide us, to strengthen us. And we walk in the power of His resurrection. These are things that we need to remember, spiritual blessings that we have received. And not to mention what's coming up, the great inheritance that we all have in Christ.
He says, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. The Father chose us who are in Christ before the foundation of the world that we would be adopted as sons and daughters. He chose us to be recipients of eternal salvation in Him. To be chosen. To be chosen. Think about that. That you're chosen for this. To those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we have been chosen for eternal salvation in Him. He knows your name. He has it written in His book. And because of that, great blessings are ours. But not only that, He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that you and I would become holy. The enemy of your soul wants you to think that that's something you cannot achieve. He wants you to think that that's not possible. Now, we also know there are some folks that's got that nailed down and they, they have that holier-than-thou attitude. But for those of you who are not walking in that, I don't want you to, to be walking around with the enemy's load on your shoulders causing you to think that this is not something that you can walk in. But the reality is you've been called to walk in holiness. He has given you His Holy Spirit to abide in you, to speak to you about the way you conduct your life every day. That there is a transformational process that the Lord wants to bring you through so that your character and your nature lines up with His character and His nature. And that the way you conduct your everyday life is holy. It is holy. He chose you and Him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless. Before Him. Holy and blameless. I want you to know that those of us who are saved, we are blameless. Jesus bore it all on the cross. And when He looks in the book, we have been justified. Just as if we never sinned. We have been counted blameless, even though you and I know we did some things. But when God looks at us, those things are as far as the east is from the west. Never more to be remembered by Him because we are blameless in Christ Jesus. Because we are blameless, folks, we really need to... Strive in our everyday life to live righteous, holy, and blameless lives for His glory because He is the one that made it possible. 
And it is not for our reputation out there for people to be speaking well of us, but it is for His glory that we allow that process of transformation to happen so that He gets the credit for it. Because everyone knows what kind of characters we were before. Some of them don't want you to forget your dirty laundry list, but... Thank goodness God doesn't do that. He has forgotten it. He has forgotten it. How can God forget it? Because He chooses to forget it. (laughs) It's been washed away by the blood of Jesus. You and I stand before Him holy and blameless. So we have something to live up to. In the fact that it has been given to us. Even though in this world we did nothing to deserve it in the way we lived our lives other than said yes to the atoning work of Jesus to be applied to our lives. And said yes to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And said yes to His great power of transformation. But if you allow the enemy to blind you to these truths, you will be a Christian that struggles desperately in this life to find joy and peace. You will be ever tormented by the things of your past. But God wants you to be set free in Him and to be holy and righteous and blameless in Him. It says, in love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Christ Jesus. To himself. The Father wanted us to be sons and daughters to him. Now Jesus was the only begotten. But you and I become sons and daughters of the Most High through the spirit of adoption. We've been adopted into the family And when you look at the birth certificate, it's been complete. The transformation is complete there. It's a legal document in heaven. You belong to the Father. And just as in adoption in the physical world here, we can pass on to our adopted children... Some physical things, some possessions we can pass on. God longs to pass on some of those things to us. But I want to tell you, it's not limited to that. Through the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, He is wanting you to receive His very nature. So that His divine nature flows through you. Now, when we adopt a child in this world, we can't give them our nature because their DNA has already been programmed. But God has supernatural abilities. And He wants to give you a transfusion in your life. So that you take on the very DNA of the Father. 
He wants holiness to be a natural part of your life. That it flows out of you because you have been changed by the power of His great love. And His Holy Spirit is dwelling in you so that you can't forget it. And yes, you got this preacher that keeps reminding you too. But that is alright. That is alright because everyday life keeps trying to cloud your mind with stuff so you forget. That's one reason why we sing that one song so often. I am who He says I am because I want you to remember who you are in Christ. You are everything that He says you are. And don't allow the enemy to snatch it from you. That He predestined us to adoption as sons. He did this in love because He loves us so much He does not want us to miss out on that relationship which He desires for us to have with Him and that is of sons and daughters of the Most High. It says, Adoption as sons through Christ Jesus to Himself according to the kind intentions of His will. It is His will that we become sons and daughters. It's what He wills for us that we become sons and daughters. To the praise of the glory of His grace. His grace. His favor for us. Just as parents, you have favor for your children. You favor them over all the others. Sometimes you wonder why, but you still do. God favors us over those who are not sons and daughters. They're part of His creation. He cares about them and He loves them. But we are special because through the spirit of adoption, we are sons and daughters of the Most High. We are part of the body of Christ. Says he, this grace he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, in Jesus. This grace, this favor came to us because of what Jesus done on the cross. If we are in him, his favor is on us automatically because we are in Jesus. He goes on to say, In Him we have redemption through His blood for the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. We have redemption. We have been redeemed out of the pit of hell to sonship and daughtership in Christ to the Father. His blood made it possible for us to have that relationship. He goes on to say, speaking of this great grace that He's given to us, this great favor, verse 8 says, which He lavished on us. He lavished this grace on us. I don't know. Sometimes maybe we're asleep. We're not paying attention. The scripture says, He lavished this on us. 
Sometimes we need to wake up and smell the coffee maybe. What all we have received, He lavished His grace on us. And it says, In all wisdom and insight, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intentions which He purposed in Him. With all wisdom and insight, God revealed to us, He made known to us the mystery of His will. Now remember, when it comes to mystery, it just means something that wasn't previously known. It wasn't that it's mysterious and weird. It was a mystery because it was not understood before. No matter how much the Jews made an attempt to honor and worship God, they did not understand His will. They did not know Him in His will. But you and I have been given wisdom and insight so that we could know His will. I want everyone that's part of this congregation to know the will of God. First and foremost, it is His will that you become saved through Christ Jesus. It is His will that you be sons and daughters. It is His will that you receive the Holy Spirit and power. It is His will for you to know your purpose that He has called you to in Him. And it is His will that you live a victorious overcomer's life. It is His will. He wants you to know the mystery of His will. He didn't call you only to come to temple and worship Him during the feasts. He didn't call you to on the Sabbath day just to go to synagogue. But He called you so that you could know Him personally. Personally. And receive the fullness of all of His promises for your life. It says, With a view to administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven, things on earth, in Him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purposes purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will in view of bringing all things to a close God is going to make known the fullness of all these things at the end of the age but you and I we get to start experiencing it right here and now but it's going to be made full as in the fullness of time at the completion of all things during the millennial reign of Christ we are going to live in the perfect world that we and but he he doesn't want you to just wait for that to happen in the future he wants you to experience as much of that in this life right now as you are willing to receive 
from Him. Positioning yourself in a place to receive. It says, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. Again, this concept of predestined. You know, again, I don't want anybody to misunderstand what that means. It doesn't mean that God takes a cookie cutter and stamps out saved, not saved. It means to those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, He has already predestined this relationship in Him. He has already predestined eternal life in Christ Jesus. For those who are called... Those who are called are the ones who accept the completed work of Jesus on the cross as their payment in full for their sin debt. He goes on to say, Having also believed you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance in view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, there's nothing else I would rather be sealed with. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. He has put a mark upon me. With this Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is allowed to reign in my life, people are aware that there's something different about me because it is a natural outflowing that the Holy Spirit is in control. Remember, you need to take a back seat and let the Holy Spirit drive. He wants to. Order your steps. Guide your path. He wants to control your tongue. He wants to inspire your heart to do wonderful things for the Father. For His glory, not for yours. The Holy Spirit was given to you as a promise of that which is to come. The fullness of your transformation. It's the Holy Spirit that makes these things possible. That Christ paid the debt so that you could inherit. The Holy Spirit is that which will transform your life. But if you don't know the third person of the Trinity, you don't make room for Him in your life, there will be little transformation. Because your physical efforts in this world will be short of that which the Father can accomplish through His Holy Spirit in your life. This Spirit was given to us as a pledge of our inheritance, of everything that He has promised that we will be. Yes, in a twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. But if we love Him, we are willing to die daily to our old self. We are willing to put on the new Clothing that has been given to us. The righteousness of Christ. And what that does to change us. 
in our behavior, in our language, and in the way we love. He goes on to say here, with a view of redemption of God's own possession. God wants to change us in view that we are His possession. And that if we belong to Him, we need to look like Him. If we belong to Him, we need to reflect Him in every way to the praise of His glory. And then he goes on to say, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I long for that in each and every one of you. That you possess this in you. That you have the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I want each and every person that's here in this sanctuary to receive personal revelation from the Father through the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to rely on all revelation to come through the pulpit. I want you to have personal revelation because that which you receive in that way nobody can take from you because you know that you know that you know because you have experiential Understanding, because you've experienced it. it. Says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what the hope of his calling. Listen, the eyes of your heart be enlightened, so that you can see things as they really are. In God's presence. So that you don't miss them because this world will cloud your understanding. This world will cloud your vision. Your old nature will cloud all of these things. If you allow that to continue to have its way in your life. But when these things are put to death. And the fullness of Christ's calling comes to you. And you are spending time in His presence, the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so you will know the hope of His callings. The hope of His calling. Listen, one thing about biblical hope is it's assured. It's not something that's a maybe. It's a sure thing. There's a guarantee to it. It's something that is going to happen. The reality is, are you going to cooperate with God so you can receive it? Are you going to cooperate with God so that you can receive it? He goes on to say here, What are the riches of His glories of His inheritance in the saints? The calling, the hope of his callings, what are the riches of his inheritance in the saints? You and I are saints. 
you and I are part of the body of Christ. That inheritance that was given to Jesus has been given to you and I. It is ours. He goes on to say, And what is the surpassing greatness of His power towards us who believe? His power is the power to transform us into His likeness. The world will be changed when we look like Him. But if you leave these walls and go out there and look like your old self, Christ will have little influence out there because you are not representing Him. But if you allow Him to transform you and you take on His nature and His heart... You see the world through His eyes. You hear the things that people are saying through His ears. You will be changed. And Christ will enter into that workplace where you are at every day. Christ will enter into that place where you go to interact with others, whether it's at a ball game or whether it's in some uh, type of a social event, Christ will be there because He dwells in you. He has put all things under His feet. Jesus is over all the angels. All these powers, these dominions, these Authorities that are out there, he's talking about heavenly things that are angelic. But Jesus is above each and every one of them. And all things will be put in subjection under his feet. And gave him as head over all things to the church. Jesus is head, you and I are the body. He directs what we do. He directs what we say. He directs where we go. And if we do not allow Him to be head, then we are missing His great plan for us. He put all things in subjection under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body. The fullness of Him who fills all and all. The church is supposed to be the fullness of Him. The fullness of Him and all and all. So when we leave here, I want you to leave here full of Him. I want you to leave here looking like Him. And we will start changing the culture around us. You know... You might get the, the, this notion that we're a tiny church. We can't have much impact. Twelve disciples transformed the world. Amen. I'm not really good at math, but there's more than twelve here. He's called us to go make a difference. We cannot make a difference unless there's a difference in us. You can't give what you don't possess. Allow His Holy Spirit to complete that which He has begun in you. 
the hope of his calling in you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the power of your word this morning to speak life into our, into our lives that we in no way will be overtaken by the enemy, no longer under his thumb, but that we are set free in Christ Jesus to become all that you've called us to be in him. Holy Spirit, take residence in our lives. Speak to us. Hold us accountable in our everyday talk and in the way we conduct ourselves so that Jesus will be seen to a lost and dying world. That we can have an impact even though, Lord, some of us are not very good at speaking. Some of us are not very kind naturally But you long to transform us and to make us into that which the world doesn't understand. For your glory and for your honor, have your way in our lives. We pray this today. We give you all the praise and glory for it. And amen. Amen. Will you take the hand of someone next to you as we close out this morning? I'll squeeze it down here.